Tonight is the first night of Sukkot, and I want to ask you to pray with me as we begin to study the scriptures. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. So Sukkot has begun, it began tonight. It's a time to remember that we dwelled in Sukkot or booths or tabernacles, that's a fancy name, um, huts or uh, even shacks, some people have said. It captures it perhaps better. We dwelled in Sukkot on the 40 year journey from Egypt to the promised land. And Sukkot helps us remember times when we had nothing and times when Though we had nothing, God was with us. Sukkot helps us to remember we were slaves and to help us so that we never forget it. We can use these memories of the times of having so little and the times of difficulty and the times of challenge to strengthen our own empathy and compassion so that we show kindness and act justly towards the immigrant and the poor and the oppressed. Sukkot helps us to remember where we came from. We were immigrants into Egypt, but there we became slaves. So we were an immigrant people who were enslaved, but God was with us and he brought us into freedom. But the freedom meant that we had to start all over again and we had to redevelop as a people and we needed more than we could possibly have imagined. I think Sukkot is also a time that helps us experience and even celebrate the simple joys of life. And that's what I want to focus on tonight, the simple joys of life. When you don't have anything, when you're broke, as broke as you can be, you can still experience the simple joys of life. If you can remember being broke, in fact, you can write something like this in the comments. I remember being broke. I mean, some, some, of us are broke right now and just don't have the financial um, supply that we could normally depend on. But it's not something to be ashamed of. And in fact, you can live even when you have nothing or almost nothing. Sukkot is a wonderful time to remember when we had nothing. And it's a wonderful time to remember personally when you had nothing. Can you imagine that the best we could do is live in these temporary huts? That's our history. Sukkot is a wonderful time to remember when you have had to start all over again. It helps us remember when we had begun a new journey or we're in a new stage or season of life. And some of you even today are experiencing that change of life or that change of a season of life. And today marked the end of a time for you, and tomorrow will be a new beginning for you. And sometimes when we go through such times, we experience them only with loss and uncertainty, but there's more to it, and I hope to encourage you in that. Sukkot helps us remember that God is with us even when we have nothing to show for ourselves. We were slaves, and we never want to forget it. We were set free, and we never want to forget it. Our Jewish holidays like Passover and Sukkot help us remember, and not only that, they help us to pass these memories on to our children and to our children's children 
as well. So that they're preserved as a memory and can have lasting importance to us. Sukkot helps us remember when we had nothing but God was with us. Sometimes people feel God is only with them if they have so much abundance, if they have material wealth and great success. But God can be with you when you have absolutely nothing. And Sukkot helps us develop empathy for people, for other people. As we remember, when we ourselves had nothing, we can be compassionate towards those who have nothing. Sukkot helps us become more just, as, more just as we remember our own past of slavery and poverty and oppression. We can develop vision and capacity to help bring others out of such conditions right now. Why are the Jewish people known for standing up to to correct injustices in whatever land they're living in? Why are we known for standing up for the rights of the minorities, the oppressed, the immigrants, the poor? Why, why are Jewish people strong in believing in racial equality that each of us has value before God? It's because we remember our own past of slavery. We remember our own immigrant past. We remember our own past of oppression. And we don't just remember it with sadness or even with neutrality or even thinking, oh, that's ancient history. No, we remember it as our personal history. We take it to heart for ourselves. And then we pledge to God, we will not treat people that way. And to the degree that we are able in the societies we live in, we will do our best to make those societies more just. Sukkot also helps us become more generous. And I find it useful to remember other people who showed me kindnesses during difficult times. This, I have learned, develops generosity in our own spirits, in our hearts, in our minds, and in our actions. And we become generous with our time and with our finances and with all of our resources. When we remember our times of lack and insufficiency, where people treated us with great generosity and helped us to um, go through those difficult times. And I believe Sukkot also can help us become more cheerful. Tough times can produce cheerful people. You might want to write that. I, I want to encourage some of you to write that in the comment section right now. Tough times can produce cheerful people. Tough times can produce cheerful people. You see, difficult times can produce hopeful people. Hard times don't have to produce hard hearts. As God brings us through tough times, we develop a more optimistic view about life. There may be uncertainty all around us, but we hold on to God and we hold on to the good news and we learn that we don't fully know how things can work out. And so if we're tending towards pessimism or to, to disappointment or despair or just to giving in to the sorrows of difficult times, we have to remember this, that God can do great things on his own. And he can bless us even we, when we have no understanding of what he's going to do. Ecclesiastes 
3 verse 11 is a powerful voice a powerful verse that that gives voice to this idea it says this yet god has made everything beautiful for its own time he planted eternity in the human heart but even so people cannot see the whole scope of god's work from beginning to end another way of saying it is no one knows the beginning and the end of what God has done. You see, the world in which God has placed us is not ultimately ruled by atrophy. It's not ruled by death or destruction or chaos or disorder. None of those things will have the final say. Romans 8 verses 38 and 39 puts it this way, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of this universe that has been created will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. What a statement of confidence. Even though there are spiritual forces at work, even though there's opposition, even though we will each face death and have to walk through the dying process ourselves and with others, even so, none of that has the power to separate us from God's love in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. God is for us. God does bring us through difficult times in order to bring us into the beauty of his purposes. And your heart already knows this because your heart hopes against hope. And even though we don't know all the details about our future and we can't see how things are going to work out, we do know this, that God is marvelous, that God is great, and that he does great and mighty things. I am hearing from some people that their signal is having difficulty, but you know what? We're going to keep going because um, even though we have these kinds of challenges, we will be able to um, record this live and replay it as a video. So even though there are challenges like this, we're just going to keep on going. And you know what? Your heart hopes against hope. I, I know your heart. And we don't know everything that's going to happen. My goodness, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow or tonight. We can't, we can't really predict the future. We can't really be certain about how things will turn out. But we do know this. And this is so important to get in your heart. And it's an important part of Sukkot. It's from Romans 8.28. We do know this. God does cause all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Whatever we have gone through and whatever we are going through and whatever we will go through, if we hold on to God's purposes, if we have been called and have responded to Messiah Yeshua, if we're, if we're being faithful to God and keeping our hearts focused on him 
and his purposes, no matter what happens to us, no matter what opposition or difficulty there is, God is going to do his marvelous work of causing good to come from it. And I wanna encourage you because Sukkot is a great time to remember when we, the children of Israel had nothing but God was still with us. We didn't have food, we didn't have water, we didn't have permanent housing, we didn't have um, a extra clothes. We, we were in such insufficiency, but God Almighty, the all-sufficient one, took care of us. He led us through such times. And because of that, we know no matter what we go through today, he will lead us through our own wilderness and empty places and bring us into something good. It's a great time tonight to remember how God has brought you through difficult times in the past and how he has brought good to you even through those difficulties. Sandy and I have been remembering when we first moved to Rochester, New York, we were there to be close to my mentor, David Young, and to serve him, but it was a very difficult time. It was difficult to make that move, and it took years to actually accomplish it. We had to sell our business. We had to move from my hometown in Roanoke, Virginia, to Rochester, New York, and then when we did move, money was very tight, and we were remembering this week, those weeks when we had $7 of discretionary money in our budget. That was it on a good week. And we had just enough and it, it, we, to cover our expenses. And then with that $7, we, we could go to a restaurant on occasion and order one appetizer of nachos. I remember that, but we had to share it and two glasses of water and leave the tip. That's what we had. But you know what? It was a time of joy. It was a time of fantastic learning. It was a time when we found so many wonderful things that can be done for free. I just want to remind you of things you can do if, if you really have no extra money. Take long walks. Take them together. We would stroll in the parks together. We would play volleyball with friends. We'd sit under a tree on a blanket. We'd play a board game together. Sukkot is a great time to remember such things as the simple joys of life and to experience them as a good memory. That's the other side of anticipation. Remembering well helps us anticipate well. Remembering something that was good or someone who was good to us builds up our own joy today. One of the names for Sukkot is Zaman Simchatenu, the season of our joy. And I believe that Sukkot is a time to practice joy. Sandy and I have been spending time doing that, remembering when we moved to Rochester, such an important part of our journey. Many of the people who are dear to us now are the ones who we first met during that part of our life's journey. It was the time when we didn't have much and sometimes we had nothing, but God was with us. There were days when we felt like we had lost too much, but it wasn't just loss. There was real gain as well. Sandy and I were recalling 
a walk that we took when we lived in Roanoke, Virginia, and we were walking through our neighborhood and the, the Lord began to deal with Sandy and me as we were walking. It, was, it turned into a spiritual experience. The Lord began to deal with us about what we needed to lay down before him. We had to lay down our sense of identity and being established and being known in a place in that city. It, we had to lay down our, our place of belonging, the familiarity of knowing every part of town, but also of being known by others, knowing others and being known by them. It, it meant laying down that sense of security that comes from being with old friends and with family. And then we had to move to a place where we had to start all over again. I can still remember that walk. And I remember the intense emotion and the resolve of laying down before the Lord everything he was asking of us. It, it was a time with tears for sure, but it was also a time of freedom. And it was a time that taught us powerful lessons about how to live this life of faith. Two lessons that are connected to each other. John 12, 24, Yeshua said, truly, truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And that idea of having to die, something has to die in order for resurrection life to come forward. It's, it's embedded in this idea from the natural world that unless a seed falls to the ground, it can't sprout and come forth and then bear its fruit. And Luke 17, 33 teaches a very hard lesson, but it's times of difficulty that teach those lessons. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will preserve it. When we lay what we have before the Lord, it's, it's like Sukkot. We move into the unknown and the, and the uncertain. And we don't know all that will happen. But the fact is, we never know all that's going to happen. Life has its uncertainties. But as we move forward, even if it means dwelling in shacks, we move forward with the Lord. That's the lesson of Sukkot. And there have been so many times when the Jewish people throughout history, have been living in a country, and then the country became dangerous and hostile or unwelcome, and they were expelled. Our people were expelled from Portugal. Our people were expelled from Spain. Our people were expelled from Great Britain. Our people were expelled from so many places, and we learned we just had to move on. We had to move on. The experience of laying everything down and yet holding on to God, the experience of moving forward with God, even through difficult times, teaches us to depend on God and to discover that he is dependable. He is faithful. And to realize that our future is in his hands. I like what Paul wrote to the Philippians, and I can say it together as he did. It's in Philippians 4.19. He said, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Messiah Yeshua. 
and 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. You see, these were messages that had to be communicated to believers in every city, in every country, in every place for all time. Because difficulty is part of the life we live in. It's just part of this world. Challenge, uncertainty is part of this world, and yet God is with us. He doesn't promise us that everything is going to be stable. He promises us that he will be stable and that in the midst of storms, we can find him. Philippians 4 says it so well, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Messiah Yeshua. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, conveys a similar sentiment. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, there was a time when the children of Israel were dwelling in Sukkot on their journey when they had no water and they had to seek the Lord for water and depend on the Lord for water. We have more than that. But there are times when water's cut off. I know Sandy and I lived in Ukraine. We lived um, in Eastern and Central Europe. We had experience that um, others in those countries had consistently when power would be cut off and when water would be cut off. And everyone just had to learn how to make do and how to survive. When we remember just as Sukkot teaches us to do that God was with us when we walked out of Egypt and Egypt's slavery, it builds up this awareness of grace that's abounding in our awareness that God is taking care of us. And so I want to look at Leviticus 23 from the Torah portions that we read during Sukkot, verses 42 and 43. For seven days, you must live outdoors in little shelters in Sukkot. All native-born Israelites must live in these Sukkot. And this will remind each new generation of Israelites or Israelis that I made their ancestors live in Sukkot in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now this instruction, this command is given specifically to Sabras, to native-born Israelis. It's useful, however, for all Jewish people everywhere in all times, and for all people everywhere who join themselves to the Jewish people, the God of Israel, and the Messiah of the Jewish people. It was God's plan. He made the children of Israel dwell in Sukkot. It was his plan that our ancestors would live in these temporary dwellings for 40 years. There was nothing outwardly glorious about it, except for the fact that God had delivered us from Egyptian slavery and was bringing us back to the land he had promised Abraham and our ancestors. And when we remember this, it makes us strong. Hard times are hard. That's why they're called hard times. But the best of times are not necessarily 
the easiest of times. The best of times are the times when no matter what our circumstances are, we experience the presence of God. The best of times are the times when no matter our circumstances, we experience the simple joys of life, of life together with one another, of life together with God. The best of times are those that end well because they prove that God knows the beginning and the end and he makes everything beautiful in its time and for its time. I remember when Sandy and I moved back to the United States, back to Jacksonville from Kiev, Ukraine. It was a very difficult time in many ways for us. But when we came back to the States, which we earlier had never expected to do, we came here, we, we had no house, we had no car, we were starting over again. But I'm so glad we did. And when I use my Sukkot heart, can I call it that? My Sukkot heart. I can remember with gratitude and thanksgiving, and I can experience such times differently. And not only that, I also strengthen my own hope and my anticipation of what's ahead. You see, scripture says that no one hopes for what they already have. Hope and anticipation work together with faith. I believe that remembering fondly is the other side of anticipation remembering builds up our faith. Right now we're living in the present. My past is behind me and all the good that I've experienced in my past is also behind me. But when I remember it and I remember it well, I relive the good and not only that, but the good from the past enriches the present for me. When I remember the good, my past and my present improve. They take on better qualities. And not only that, my future does too. I think it's interesting that we can look back and see how God has been with us, even when we had nothing or next to nothing, even when we had just been slaves, even when loved ones had died, even when we lost our health, even when we lost our job. And we can remember those times and then see how God has brought us through. When we do that, and we remember how God has been with us, even through such difficult times, it builds us up so that we can anticipate what's ahead with all its challenges and difficulties and uncertainties. We anticipate what's ahead with the same sense of good and hope and the same sense that God will be with us. It strengthens our sense of kadima, a forward as our attitude. Today, Sandy and I made a lulav for Sukkot, and we're having to do Sukkot differently this year than any other year. As a congregation, as a, as a synagogue, we have a wonderful tradition of gathering on the Saturday of Sukkot, during Sukkot, and we, we build a community sukkah, we decorate it, we have worship together, and we have a wonderful cookout picnic and a time of fellowship, but we can't do that now. So we're encouraging everyone to celebrate Sukkot at their homes and then to make it special. Today, Sandy and I made a lulah for a Sukkot, and traditionally it includes a closed palm frond together with myrtle and willow and an etrog, a citron fruit. 
our lulav is a little different this year. It's what I'm calling a yard to table lulav because everything that's in the lulav came from our backyard. It does include a closed palm frond uh, in Hebrew. Uh, a palm frond is a lulav. But it also includes some other leafy boughs like Lauripetalum and Viburnum and Nandina. And I just cut those from, from our yard. And if you're counting, yes, it's true. We do have one too many varieties. The lulav has three plus the etrog, we have four. But you know what? It looks and it feels great. Now, the etrog wasn't grown in our yard. Truth is, it's not really an etrog. It's not a citron. It's a citrus fruit. It's a nice specimen of a well-grown lemon. So you can see it's not kosher with a circle U or circle K kosher. But you know what? It is an expression of our joy. And it's fitting because Sukkot is Zman Simchatenu, the season of our joy. It's a time of simple joys in the spirit of Leviticus 23, verse 40. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God. My hope for you on this Sukkot is that you will make it the season of our joy and the season of your joy. The joy that you experience yourself and the joy that you share with others too. Here's some ideas how you can do that. Prepare gifts and share something special with other people. Cook some food, make some food, gather up some things nice, um, create something, do something artistic, use your creative skills, make something and share it as a gift with other people. Spread the joy. You can also eat outdoors under whatever sukkah you can make. If you can make uh, a, a sukkah in your backyard, wonderful. If you have to make one on your balcony because you live in an apartment building, that's wonderful too. Do whatever you can and receive guests, of course, with safety, but you can receive guests and you can have some fellowship if you exercise good care. And even if you can't make a traditional sukkah, remember the Marines, improvise, adapt, and overcome. And take moments each day during Sukkot to experience the simple joys of life. And then it will truly be Sukkot for you. And you can bless others with the greeting Sukkot Sameach, Sukkot joy or happy Sukkot. As you spread the joy, resolve for yourself to promote joy for other people, to promote empathy, to promote justice, to promote faith, and to promote freedom. And let's end with these words from Romans chapter 4, verse 24. Don't forget the riches of Messiah, of his kindness, his forbearance, and his patience. And remember that it is God's kindness that was meant to lead you to turn around, to repent, to return to him, and to live for him. Now, I don't know exactly how we're going to end tonight because I don't know if technically we can reconnect in such a way that um, we can have a final song with the Corsians. We'll see in just a minute. We're going to close this time right now, this Arab Sukkot with Aaron's blessing, and, and then we're going to see um, if we can um, return. 
and and I'm getting word right now from our technical producer, Brian Rose, that we will be able to close with the Corsians. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone who's been praying. Thank you for everyone who's been standing with us. Sometimes the most simple things require real prayer. But we will be able to conclude with a final worship song from the Corsian family. Before we do, I want to encourage you to stand with us financially. You can go to our website, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all the details. Right now, if you're with family at your home, you can pray with me Aaron's blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and guard you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine brightly upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow morning at 1030. We'll have live from home and live from the sanctuary together. We'll have a wonderful time of worship and a time of um, learning about Sukkot and celebrating Sukkot together. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for joining with us. 